Hey everybody, this is Chris Keezer of the Outpitch Podcast. How are we? This is episode number five, and ironically, I have the captain, number five, Tom Wagner. Number five. Uh, Tom is a project manager at DJ Wagner Heating and Air Conditioning, Inc. And he, uh, he has a lot to say. You know, I've learned a lot from him over the years, and I'm just happy that he uh, wanted to come on the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Got to be honest, a little nervous about the podcast. Uh, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, done. You're out. See ya. Not used to being interviewed. Uh, first, so first interview for me, yeah, yeah, first interview, um, and yeah. So I'm looking forward to just having fun. Um, so I appreciate the invite. I appreciate. Uh, you're reaching out and, and coming to sit down and chat. He's actually not like this at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually not like that at all. That's him putting on a serious face. <laughs> all right, we'll start over. I'm really nervous about this. Uh, I don't get nervous about many things, but this is one thing I'm nervous about. I'm not as polished of a speaker as uh, my old teammate Jason Goldberg is. Yeah, can't wait to have – I'm going to definitely have Goldberg on the podcast one day. He's going he's gonna to love it. He's going to eat it up. I've been working on this thing where I think for a few seconds before something comes out of my mouth. Been working on it for a few years now. and uh, So far, it's paid off. Things have been better. Um, it's not like me at all. It's not like you? No. No. I say whatever is on my mind. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, thinking about... Thinking about something beforehand, I'm like, huh. But usually, what it, like what comes out of my mouth is not what comes out of my like it's from my head. It usually comes out in dri- like gibberish. Mm. So like, because I go, I like try to speak too fast. Oh, and then it goes like it like just goes <laughs> and I trail off, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> and then I'm just known as the local idiot, <laughs> the, guy, the guy that just hangs in the stakes. <laughs> the old- <laughs> Well, maybe like a local idiot when you're talking with your friends and stuff like that, but you got a lot of skills. So, you know. Oh, I appreciate that. There's a difference between always being an idiot and just being an idiot and being loose and goofy and having a good time. There's a big difference. Yeah. You know, got to hang loose. You know, other people are always so uptight. You don't have to be that way. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. And, dude, like... I think the best time was definitely when we were playing baseball together. And we could say whatever the hell we wanted. And there was no consequences unless Spanish heard. Yeah. Um, which is why I think I really needed to work on thinking before I spoke after school. Because we were able to just, you know, when you're around 40 dudes all the time... Um, and other athletes and, and friends at school, you usually could just say whatever you want. Um, and they were some of the best times 
definitely the best times of my life. Um, made a lot of great friends and have a lot of a lot of funny, funny memories, man. You've definitely retained more friends from college than you did from high school, right? I did, yeah. Oh, I definitely that's, did. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. I mean, same I, for you. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, like my friends from back home. I have my like select group, but all my friends from college, like I still reach out to them uh, at some point and still have like, a good, good conversation. Yeah. Um, my friends back home, we're just like a good time just to hang around with each other. Yeah, I have, I have a really solid uh, group of friends from home that I grew up with since kindergarten, actually, and we've managed to stay friends, you know, throughout school, even after uh, going to college and kind of going our separate way, you know, trying to figure out who we are and pursuing interests and and whatnot, um, we started coming back together after school, and it's it's almost like you pick up right where you left off. Um, Did most of those guys actually like play like sports like with you? Or they- we all grew up, yeah, playing sports together. Um, so, <clears throat> in so my best friend Tyler, we were in kindergarten together, um, and then. A few years after that, uh, a few of us were in the same elementary school, so we went basically K through five together, and then six, seven, and eight, and then high school together. So it was it was really awesome to grow up. But then we we all played uh, baseball. I think we I think we all played soccer up to a certain point. Um, we messed around with a little deck hockey. Um, deck hockey. Yeah, you know, like street hockey. Oh yeah, but like that's the with the actually, ball. Is that the like the code name for? That's what we call it around here. Huh. Um, I never knew it. Yeah. So a few of us did that, and then uh, we played some football in high school, and um, but the one thing that we actually all did together through high school was baseball. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Just had that in common right there. Yeah, and it wasn't like a, it definitely wasn't a forced thing. We. A forced thing by saying like um, uh, our parents or influence yeah like really wasn't a a parental influence to like to play in-house ball and then make the tournament team and whatever it was because we all had a good time always like playing together being on the same team Uh, same thing in high school Uh, we all continued to play together and uh, it was just always Looking back on it, uh, baseball and it was it was one of the things that really held us together growing up, and, and just sports in general. Camaraderie. Yeah. Now I, I don't I don't want to get off topic at all, but like we're you, going to. Oh no! Of course we are. I <laughs> you went to kindergarten like what like nineteen ninety seven nineteen ninety eight, yeah. Because I was like I was like around two thousand. Still remember the two thousand World Series Yankees Mets oh Subway Series four to one four games to one. I think I I think I remember changing the channel to like Nick at Night or something like that when that was going on. But yikes, yikes. That was before I knew what I. Was but doing. my real question was like, did you guys have like the bowl cuts where like? I absolutely had a bowl cut. There's a picture. <laughs> I think there's a picture at uh, my parents' house where. So at the end of kindergarten, we had. Uh, I think the kindergartners always put on the show, and uh, I think I don't know if I was a sunflower, like if I had to wear a sunflower or something like that, 
like sunflower headpiece type thing, you know, so your face just sticks out through the middle of the sunflower. I don't think I was that, but they were definitely there. They were around. Um, I think I was uh, dressed like a kid going to the beach or something like that. And I was in a white t-shirt, had uh, little sunglasses on probably from the Gap or Children's Place or Old Navy or something like that. And uh, definitely a nice bowl cut. So nothing, boot. so nothing different besides the hair from college. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Everything was the same except for the haircut. Everything was the same. Shades, white tea. <laughs> probably, probably the same tea that you wore in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah and, the, and the joke with my family is that so when I was I, – again, I don't want to get too off topic. Uh, but when I was born, I had this gigantic melon for a head, like a, <laughs> like a basketball for a head. And um, – you know, my mom used to joke with me that when when I was really little learning to walk, my head was so heavy that I would push it across the floor. Like, uh, my body wasn't strong enough to hold it. I wasn't strong enough to stand straight up. So when I was learning to walk, my head would be on the floor and I would just be pushing it like... Like a, like a sled push. I was thinking like you were, just, you were just so top heavy that you would just go and continuously kinda, go. Like, yeah, like a or like kind of like an upside down weeble wobble. Yeah. So <laughs> you could add my head size probably hasn't changed since kindergarten. So like the white t-shirt, sunglasses, and the head size hasn't changed since I was six years old. But the haircut definitely has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got similar like hair right now. Cool. Cool. Close. Yeah, I usually walk into great clips and I say... um what did I get last time? Uh, yeah, I'll have that again, but changed up like a little bit. And can you make the note? And then I forget what I what I asked for. Maybe like fifteen minutes later, and I walk out. I come back, like, and it is what it is. You know, I'm the dude that had the mullet in, oh. in college. I don't mind. It grows back. You can cut it off. Oh yeah. I'm buying my time until I go bald. So, oh whatever, yeah. Whatever happens, happens. It's inevitable. I think so. I think I think so too. And going okay, now we can go back on top. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go go back to like your sports background and how like, your like camaraderie with your friends made you love sports so much, yeah. especially baseball. Yeah. How going into college, did you feel like you brought some kind of energy that of that camaraderie into it cuz I I mean I saw it easily when oh, I first came in. Yeah, definitely. Um so growing up playing baseball, uh, specifically, it was, uh, it was less for me, it was less about, and, and, and my coaches, the way that we, the way that just turned out and the way that I grew up, it was less about, uh, the tournaments. It was less about, uh, high performance baseball. It was more about playing hard, uh, letting the chips kind of fall where they may learning the game playing the game the right way. Uh, and while doing that, I found myself with all my butts. Like growing up, I just, I always had friends on the team. Um, and we were, I, I don't know, I never found myself on the best team. That's for sure. Um, I got no state championships. I don't have any conference championships. I don't have, I don't have much of anything like that. Um, but what we always seemed to do was that we just had so much fun putting pressure on the other team. Just like, 
a relentless pressure from from the jump. I had this coach, really, he was like my youth coach, I would call him. Uh, his name's Bruno Catcherbone. And he would always say, in warm-ups, you can, you can put points on the board or you can take them off, depending on how your I.O. goes. So if you come out, you come out strong, you hit it hard, you can put some points on the board because you know that other team's watching. Yeah. And you come out looking sloppy and whatnot, you know, that's you're taking points off the board for yourself. You're putting points on the board for the other team. And we always those were the kinds of teams that I was always on, um, found myself on. And that's what really helped me develop my style, whatever my style of baseball is. Um so it's really when when I came to college that's really all I knew. Um was aggressive, kinda maybe some would say cheeky. Um I don't know. But the thing was, was my I, I I I that was just my style. But the thing was like you actually held like held people accountable to that kind of standard which you felt was the right way to play the game. Mm. And, that's, and that's pretty cool like how like, you would call someone out if they were not playing as hard as you would think. Oh, yeah, because you got the kid sitting on the bench that's friggin', you know, dying to get out there because I've been that guy so many times. And I see, uh, you know, you have a guy taking it for granted and maybe he's aware, maybe he's not. Um, but give me the guy who's sitting on the bench. If you're going to dog it, give me that guy. Go yeah. sit down. Um, you'll probably realize why you got pulled. And, you know, we'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, that's 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 just the way it was. That's how I grew up. And that's like, actually, like, when I showed up to the field, because I was always, like, I was always one of the first ones with, like, you in college. But yeah. I would always show up pretty early. Yeah. Uh, help set up and everything. But I noticed if we were going to win or lose the game just by how everyone showed up and the, how the energy I felt. Right. I, right. I, it was like during the, like the 9 and 28 season that we had, 29 or 8, 9 and 20. Was that your freshman year? Freshman year. I yeah. felt that, I felt the energy was always in the negative, obviously majority, but there's a few sparks where those guys were excited to come in and I was like, oh, we're going to win was, today. Yeah, that was a tough season. Um, yeah, you're right. There's something, there's something to that. And for me personally, it was always, I always had to bring that. And a lot of times the team that I was on always had to bring that because we didn't have outstanding, amazing lineups, you know, one through nine. And the pitcher were not always the cream of the crop. So we had to find a way to win. And sometimes finding a way to win included uh, doing the little things like, showing up with some with some energy getting ready to go from the first pitch like the very first pitch you're ready to go you're ready to jump on that guy um or what you know whatever it is there's a lot of little things outside of uh speaking of actually i didn't mean to cut you off but speaking of jumping on the like the first pitch you actually got hit by the first pitch a lot often (laughs) when you're when you're lead off uh, sophomore year, yeah. my sophomore year, senior year, yeah, that's why didn't mind. No, you got on base. You you eventually scored. Yeah, I think you had like. Well, when you have when you have certain guys that hit behind you in the lineup, it's it's beneficial to get on base. Oh yeah, um, that lineup was pretty good. I always like I always like hitting 
in front of uh, Yantos because I, I don't know what it was. Like, we never played together. We grew up in the same area. I don't know if it's the same South Jersey area that plays baseball in similar ways. I'm not really sure because I don't – I'm not involved with, like, travel baseball now. So – and, again, when I was younger, I didn't travel that much and we didn't go that far. So I don't know how different areas and different towns play and whatnot, but we we seem to have a similar mindset when it came to our approach. So me, I had a lot of fun hitting ahead of him uh, because I knew that whenever whenever that dude stepped into the box, anything could happen. Like what I, anything could happen with that kid. Um, but I, my belief was, you know, you got to get on base to score, and. You know, if the pitcher's going to give me a free bag, I'll take it. That's fine. Yeah. I believe in the lineup. I trust the rest of the guys to do their job. There's any, like, guy that, like, sticks out besides Yontos? Uh, like, <coughs> oh, when, so, when you played so, on? So many. Someone that you kind of looked up to growing Like, for, for my aspect, I played two years with you, but you played two years without me when mm-hmm. you were young. Mm-hmm. Who did you actually look up to since, like, you're the one oh, of the guys? There were a lot of guys. To. I had such a great experience at Arcadia. And, um... There were a lot of guys from each class that I really looked up to, and each in in their own way. Because you can learn from you can learn something from everybody, <laughs> but uh, guys like Jerry Smith, Nick Petrosky, um, Steve Roman, Kyle Jackson, Mark Gottfried, uh, Brandon Martin. Um, Brian, Elliot, uh, Robin Hoff, um, those guys, well, for one, they took, all those guys, they took me under their wing when I, you know, when I got there, um, so they were great guys from the jump, and then, you know, as you get to know them, as you get to play with them, you realize that they just want to win as badly as you do, um, they just want to contribute as badly as you do. So, I, I don't know, man. That's, I, can't say, I can't say one person. I pulled something from each of those guys. I love playing with them. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm sure I'm forgetting some people, but those are the guys that really stick out in my mind. Um, yeah, and then, and then guys, after you got there, um, you know, like, just battling with with Goldberg, uh, always having Sass there, uh, Big Con. There's so many. There's so many people. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't change anything for the world. Um, and like I said, I pulled something from each of those guys. I was happy to play with them, and and just have them along for the ride. It's it's really tough for me to just pinpoint something. You like you just took the best qualities out of everyone. Yeah. And you just made yourself. Something like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's how I kind of feel. Like, I took the best qualities out of everyone. I, you know, we've made our fair share of mistakes, but, you know, for the most part, we tried to work towards that goal of being the best in this area because this guy's pretty good at it. This guy's pretty good at this. This guy's pretty good at this. And we kind of form our characteristics based on that. Yeah. And it made you, you know, a leader by our junior, senior year. Yeah. Well, I think I just bottom line, I just wanted to win. 
like who like I, like I feel the same way like I was losing my whole life with with baseball like I wanted to finally come to college and compete and actually win and be, be surrounded by guys that actually wanted to win and have a common goal of winning and do whatever it took to get to that point to that yeah. pinnacle and for the first two years I felt like there was a handful of people that we had to get that they they kind of weeded themselves out and then once we got to your sophomore year we had a big jump and we went just above over 500 but we kind of got heartbreaking uh last two series and the series against Widener and Stevenson as well but yeah I just I just feel that when you go to college it's a whole new ball game and we we were ready to win and we were trying to become the people that everyone kind of needed at that point because we looked around and we didn't see one definitive leader. So you take the best qualities of everyone and then you form yourself. That's the guy you want to be next to on the line or yeah. in the dugout. Yeah, I mean, shit. You go August, just say August, to May with 40 guys. It's D3 baseball. You know, you're not getting... You're not getting some high scholarship guy. If if recruiting goes well, you get some really awesome dudes in there. Um, but long, you know, long story short, you got to make it work. Yeah. So you might as well pick the best qualities in everybody and ride it out, and and all come together just to win. What else are you gonna do? You know, like what? I, I don't know. D three baseball is something. I don't know. It's something else. D three sports really D three sports you can't just say D three baseball but D three sports, um, because nobody's there on scholarship. No. Um, and yeah, and you really gotta, you gotta roll with the hand that you're dealt. But you're putting as much work in as a D one like a D one player, maybe a little less. But I don't, yeah, I don't really know. I I I don't have any friends that play D one. Travel wise, you're they're putting in more work because they're going all over the place. I mean, small D ones might stay around, but. For the most part, we had the same job as everyone else in college baseball. Mm. We were out there to win. We had to go to class, but right after that, we were doing something related to baseball. Whether it was under our own tutelage, mm-hmm. or, like teaching ourselves, or we had opportunity to have the coach be there and present to help us, which we didn't during the off season. But we were always working. Yeah, definitely. That was one thing. It's a four, it's a fifty hour, sixty hour week with class and homework and and trying to be the best at everything. That yeah, that is the one thing I look back on, and I didn't going through school. I didn't concern myself with what uh, other programs were doing, um, with what some of my friends who were playing other at other D three schools were doing, as far as lifting and conditioning and whatnot. Uh, so I can't really speak to what they did, but I can say that we worked our asses off and we had a good group of guys to hold each other accountable to make sure we worked our asses off from September until January. Um, because I think we all bought into the idea of, you know, why not just, why not burn it out? Give it everything you got and see what comes of it. What's the worst that could happen? No. If you give it if you give everything that you can possibly do, everything that you can possibly do, what is the worst that could possibly happen? You fall short. 
You fall a little bit short. You don't hit your target. But whatever, you worked your ass off to get there. And you probably learned a ton of shit along the way. Uh, you definitely bonded through the misery because it's not fun. Yeah. It's not enjoyable, but somehow you find you find some pleasure in the pain and you enjoy the ride. And you look back on it, whether you made playoffs or not, you look back on it in May, you're like, well, goddamn, that was a good time. And dude, I actually want to point out like one story that I actually remember. I have a couple stories, but I maybe maybe like a couple that should be left off. <laughs> uh, the one that I kind of really reflect on was sophomore year when you were actually like, named the cat, like, like captain of our team, and we were doing those sprints on the with that angled uh, treadmill. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we had to do like 10 of them. The, the, what was it called? The Woodway? The Woodway, yes. Yeah. Well, you have a better memory than me. Well, uh, it's just, it was like my worst enemy. <laughs> but it was actually fun because like... Was this the I, time that Brian and Ella fell? On the- no, Brian, 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 was, Brian graduated. I'm going to do a more mysterious story. But no, I was, I was going and I did six. And I went like out and like we had like a good like probably a minute worth of rest between before everyone went through and it was your time. Fast. And that minute went fast. <laughs> so and fast. you literally came out and you got me and you're like, you have to get your ass back on that woodwind, like because people are expecting you to be on there. Yeah. And you know, you probably would have you probably wouldn't have done that with uh someone that wasn't worth the t- your time. But you kind of like you did it with me. I think you would help a lot of people, like anyone that was that wore the Arcadia like baseball jersey or oh, like no t-shirt. Doubt. Like you would have probably held that guy accountable. But I kind of thought that you were speaking to me as like, "Hey, like you are not going to quit because you haven't quit since you've gotten here. You haven't quit on anything that you've done. You've pushed through every single uh, conditioning, everything. Yeah. Like and you like you kind of slapping me in the face and being like hey like not really slapping me in the face but right. slapping me in the face and saying get your ass back on the woodwind that kind of just stood out I was like you know I'm not going to quit on anyone and like like I'm not going to be con- like told that I'm a loser because I can't finish something because it's too because I think it's too hard whether it's it's my mind telling me something it on my body I I can do it yeah so I think that like that was like a big like a story that kind of resonated with me as you as a leader because it didn't matter if that guy did everything right 365 days a year. If you had that one moment and you didn't get and I get it back on that woodwind, you probably would have lost a little bit of respect for me at that moment. So, yeah, if obviously you weren't dying, I don't think I would have said that if you were dying. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe in it's just how I was brought up. Um, Hold everybody to the same standards. Um, and I think as a group, we did a good job of, and, and the leadership of the group did a good job of setting the standard for the team, setting the expectations and whatnot. And, you know, when it came to that stuff, nobody was better or worse than anybody else. Nobody was more important or less important than anybody else. Um, so it was like, hey, buddy, you got the shirt on, you got the hat on, you want to be a part of this thing. Get your ass on the treadmill. Let's go. Damn. We're all doing it. Yeah. And and I I dude I've had I've been in the same boat. I've been I've been in your shoes before. 
when you know you're going through something tough and you're like I need a break I need a little bit longer and sometimes you don't get that minute 15 that you want yeah sometimes you don't get that minute 30 that you want and you need people you need good people in your life to hold you firm to that so whatever I told you that day was not an original thought for me it's something that came from somebody else because I had been in your shoes before. Yeah, and nothing's really an original thought if you think about it. No, no idea. You want to get that deep? Yeah, we're we're, we're gonna get out of that. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I, 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 I was there. I'm trying to just transition to <laughs> trying to transition to the next question. And, but you know, before we get into like your current position and going, like making that transition from college baseball athlete all your life that, that's your identity to the real life I want to actually just ask you like what did you actually want to be when you grow, grew up like did you want to be a baseball player like every single person like, like I don't think I did I'm trying to think back to my elementary school crayon drawings of you know what do you want to be when you grow up and I'm sure at some point, it was a fireman. I'm sure at some point, it was like uh, a football player. Um, my dad's best friend was a Navy SEAL. Um, so I'm sure that was on there. Um, those types of things. But go- growing up through throughout high school, and the reason I went to Arcadia was for physical therapy. Um, so I guess you could say when I, when I was 18, what I wanted to be when I grew up was a physical therapist. At least I thought I did. Um, you just want to help people. Yeah, and you know, it, being involved in sports. Um, growing up, had a few family friends that were physical therapists. Uh, was just always attracted to it. Never was really hurt or had any like bad injuries growing up but always like the idea of helping get helping get somebody back out onto the field I didn't realize that uh, kids or old people or you know middle aged people normal people go to physical therapy at the time it was like Oh yeah, well I want to be in I want to be in sports. I want to be on the sidelines. I want to be in the locker room type of crap or helping that just helping that guy get back on or girl back out onto the field so they can perform. Um but that's not how life went. Nah. I mean like overall you just wanted to be there for other people and to actually be that positive mindset that someone that can be resilient when someone else can't, even though they're more talented than you. And oh yeah, like that kind of, that kind of mindset. I felt like you had. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think I think because I was never the most talented, um, or really the best at anything. I I think I was always. Uh, it gave me a better, or gave me the opportunity to identify the people that are better than me, and 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 kind of roll with it and and accept that. Uh, you know, I'm not the best here, but there's there's probably something I can do to help out. I, I think that's that that could be what it was. 
So, so now we got we have that like mindset, that mission that you have. Now we go from being captain of a college baseball team, being a good student, having the best time of your life, four years, and then you get thrown into the into the wolves basically, and you get into the workforce. Mm-hmm. I never asked you actually like what were your like initial obstacles like from a, from a mental standpoint to um actually on the job like physical obstacles as well i've been a project manager in like more of a construction industry yeah so i remember our last game i forget what that tournament was called ECACs. Yeah, the ECACs. And, man, I cried like a baby when it was all done. It felt like... It felt like, uh, you know, the director in movies that kind of, like, snaps the yeah the thing. I felt like they did that as soon as it was over. And it was like a cut scene type of thing and I cried because I knew that I was done with it I got upset um, maybe not upset I, I don't know what it was but just had a lot of emotions going on because I knew that again it was it was cutscene that's it let's move on and um, so after I graduated that was it and my parents built a uh, commercial uh, mechanical contracting business from the ground up, uh, well, from our basement, and uh, it's pretty successful now. And um, after going through school, and I made some decisions to go into the family business right after school, and. Um, it was it was tough in the beginning because I grew up around it. I was a familiar face at the office. I was a familiar face at the shop um, because a lot a lot of these people are, are like my second family, but I didn't know how I would fit into the mix. And for me, that was it was like not an identity crisis. I would call it a role crisis because I knew. I had, I knew that I had skills, some skills. I didn't know really what they were um, or how I could apply them. But uh, it was really the, the one thing that I had to, the hardest time with was patience. Um, and, and just buying my, not buying my time, but taking my time to dig into something that I'm not something that's really brand new after after four years of the same basically the same thing the same environment a lot of the same people familiar faces a comfortable place uh, where that's all gone now uh, from day to day life and uh, yeah just had to I just figured, I had to figure out how to be patient with myself because I wanted to go fast. 
wanted to figure things out quick and wanted to figure out what the hell I was going to be good at. Like what, where, where am I going with this thing? And that was a lot to take in with a lot of change going on. Um, very, very lucky to have that opportunity. Unbelievably lucky to have this opportunity. Um, but it definitely didn't come without its challenges. And like those are like those are from a mental standpoint, like getting used to the job. Anything you do is there's a learning curve from a physical standpoint. Sure. Yeah. Um, how did you feel like with the pressure of actually managing other people right away? I didn't have to do that right away. Oh, okay. Uh, for me, when I started out, it was more of a role scenario. Um, you know, I had a job like anybody else. I had a job to do, and the expectations were that it got done, and I did it well. And um, I did that for about nine months, worked in uh, estimating, which is kind of like sales. Okay. Um, so, in the, yeah, in the construction world, it's, that's the... That's the sales division of things. Um, so I got to work close with my dad there uh, because he does all of our bidding, and which was awesome. You know, kind of being away from home, not that school was far, but being away from home for, for four years and then coming back to work close with my dad, um, doing kind of the same thing was awesome. Uh, my mom was also in the office. So it was like a, it was, it was a nice change and uh, I did that for about nine months and then after that I went back out to the field and then it was about uh, really learning the trade and for me the biggest focus was earning the respect of what I would call my teammates. Yeah. That's really what it was about. Um, so that's another obstacle and you know there's a big learning curve there <clears throat> um, did you feel like pressure from them because like just feel pressure from the situation that you were put in because you wanted to be respected by them so you wanted to be able to perform and communicate at the highest level so that they knew what was going on so that they could perform their job and if you messed up, it was on your shoulders because if they weren't informed, they might not be showing up They at the times that they need to be or the work would not just get done and puts a delay in your timeline. Well, yeah, so I wasn't – when I was out there, I wasn't in charge. Okay. Were you more of a coordinator? No. Out there, I was just, just another guy out in the field working under other people, um, which is fine, which is great. Uh, it really gave me a chance to learn, uh, gave me an opportunity to learn for some, from some great guys um, and, and kind of gave me, it gave me time to just focus on learning rather than leading because sometimes you're not always in the position to lead. Um, you got to be competent at certain things before you can do that. And so that was, that was about... And what was that? About two and a half years of that. 
two years of that. Um, and then found myself back into the office last year, and that was a whole new slew of challenges. Um, it, it, I, I don't know, man. It's just... it. Nothing's really easy that's worthwhile. I think that's a pretty common saying. Maybe it's a little cliche. Uh, maybe it's and maybe it's worded a little bit different. But um, <laughs> it hasn't been easy, but it's been great. It's been really cool. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned so much, uh, and really, what I'm trying to do because growing up playing sports, you learn how to play the game. What I'm trying to do now is really focus in on what is the game. Big picture, what is the game? Because we all know, I, I know I know what the game is on, on a small scale. Um, but big picture, what's the game? How do you play it? Uh, and how do I play it like I'm used to playing sports and, and whatnot? That's That's really what it's about. And I think I believe that a lot of people are in a game, a different game whatever it might be. And if you can figure out how to play it, man, I think we'll be okay. I don't know. I don't have any like glamorous success stories or anything like that, but that's just how I see things. Like, I mean, like the projects that you were on, you built something. There was a finished product and it, yeah. and it was there for someone. Yeah. Well, like, what did you actually build? I, I have never asked you. Like, um, So we do a lot of, we don't do any residential, so we do all types of commercial stuff. Um, right now, it just so happens that senior living is a big thing. So we've done a lot of them. Um, uh, all just really all types of stuff, man. All all types of commercial stuff. And more but, people have like homes, just be, like homes, like whether they're apartment complexes or. Just like uh, residencies, uh, those communities that they have for uh, yeah. older, older senior citizens. Yeah, that, like you know, you're you're providing shelter for someone like a necessity. And mm-hmm. like it's just like it's really cool that like you're like you're out there. You're you know you're sweating for other people and you're you're putting everything you have into something. Yeah. All your energy. Yeah. And man. then you come home and you kind of reflect on it. I mean, you might not get that instant gratification but over that course of the project from the ups and downs you find that finished product and you're just like wow I did that and like someone's going to be living here and going to be doing something in here that's going to be making memories for their lives and I was a contributor to that right I I don't know if I, I I don't know how many people in construction really look at it that way but I know what you're saying um but there is something there's really something to say about building something, anything, uh, seeing it come together from scratch, and you know whether you're building a table or a house or you know hundred thousand square square foot space, <clears throat> whatever it might be. There's something about seeing it come together that's really satisfying, and if you can get a good team together, shit, that feels really freaking good. Yeah. You get a good team together, everything's a success. You know, there's there's always going to be hiccups. There's always going to be hurdles. There's always going to be inconveniences. Um, but if you get the right people in place, you got the right team, 
shit, it feels good at the end of the day to knock one out of the park. It feels good. And, that, and that's how I feel like going on this journey to actually build this business that um, me and my partner are doing. And we don't have a finished product. There, like, there's In a client services industry, there's no such thing as a finished product. You're ongoing just servicing clients and making sure that they're getting the best work possible. You know, do you have some time to reflect? I think it kind of goes like a baseball season where you're going all the way through or even a career of a, like a, like a sports, like an athlete, you know, a career of an athlete. They don't really reflect on just like a season. Sometimes they reflect on their whole career once it's all over, because that's the only time that they can reflect on it because they're always in the grind. And that's what I loved about it. That's what mm-hmm. I love. That's why I wanted to be in a client services industry. <clears throat> yeah, you yeah. didn't really always have time to sit back and reflect on. You can't things. And like the thing is, like, which is cool. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's like, all right, what's next? Got to move on. It's never. It's never ending. Like it's like it's. What are you doing for me today? Yeah. And which is like, which is like, I find the uncertainty very comfortable to me. Yeah. I like the uncertainty. Yeah, there's something to that. Um, and maybe, I don't know, man, I, I, I I'm totally biased, but life, there's a lot of ways that baseball relates to life. There's so many ways. Um, one of the things that I always find interesting is, you know, putting your lineup together. Like you, you, for me, you have, you have a small team that works together um, not everybody's a leadoff hitter. Not everybody's a cleanup hitter. Not everybody's a starting pitcher. Not everybody's a closer. You got to know your roles and you got to make it clear. Like, here's your job. It comes down to self-awareness. Yeah. It, and, and just knowing, knowing your guys. And for me, I, I, I don't, I can't choose my guys, but it's, it's cool to see like, okay, that's their role. That's this guy's role. Um, or when you get, when you get put in that position, uh, when somebody really challenges you, and you're like, "Okay, this is uh, doubleheader on Saturday, Ooh. game one, at home, bottom of the seventh. You know you got another game coming up. Somebody's really challenging you. You got the game on the line, late innings. You got to perform because you know if you perform, that's gonna swing over into the next game." You win that first game, that's pushing over to the next game. Whatever it is. Whatever kind of momentum, like, and whatever sport it is. But there's there's ways that I don't think that, that they become so inherent and just, like, second, uh, second nature to somebody who's played sports for so long. Whether you played in college or not, whether, you know, if you grew up playing sports and you went through high school – you have that mindset more than likely. And I think a lot I because I lost it for a little bit, I think if you can if you can hone that in and figure out a way to apply it, then you can perform. And you can always have <clears throat> that next opportunity like you're talking about. You can you can always have that. I don't know. No, I, I agree. It's it's something that you have to keep on pushing forward. Even when you're facing the, the toughest adversity out there, mm-hmm. you can be facing a guy. You can be facing a guy that's like throwing ninety ninety five, but at the end of the day, it's up to you to mentally think, like, be confident in yourself. And, and yeah. like, it's hard to find that confidence, especially like, you no know, losing a job. 
like when I lost my job, you know, that, that was a big <laughs> confidence plunge after, yeah. after building myself up. And I was, I was in deep, like depression. It was, it was bad. Cause I felt like I didn't contribute to anything, even though I felt, and I, I felt like I put extra work in, in different areas, you know? Yeah. Do you and, feel like you were like spinning your wheels a little bit and you're like, what am I actually doing? What am I, what am I pushing forward yeah like where am i going for this like this is the industry i've spent two years of my life in and i thought i was going to grow even more if i grew this much in two years like i couldn't imagine where i would be in 10 i i would be one of the thought leaders of pharmaceuticals maybe even pushing away from the current practices and into something different i was thinking myself as a thought leader moving forward where's the future going and and that kind of was just taken away from me so i lost that identity even as someone that like I thought that I was, I, and then once I got into marketing and like just finding a, you know, some kind of value in learning about people and what makes them tick and wanting to provide the best products and make sure the best products for uh, that client, that our clients provide to customers out there so that they're the ones that get the recognition, not anyone that's just throwing products out there because they want to make monetary uh, <clears throat> compensation. And that's yeah. like, that's like what I'm, what I'm kind of like, that's like what my focus is, is like every like obstacle in your way and the biggest adversity, no matter if you fail or you succeed, the sun rises tomorrow and you have to go out there and prove it again. And like that's like, like kind of how my mindset is. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's always gonna be <clears throat> no bad, no matter how bad it gets. There's always something next. There's always, I don't know. I've been I've been lucky, like a really lucky guy. Uh, haven't had much bad stuff happen to me in my life. I really have not. Uh, yeah, knock on wood. Um, but I just I just believe that that they're, they're, you know we're all gonna have ups and downs, um, but there's always something that there's always another opportunity. That's all I'm trying to say. And uh, <laughs> sometimes you just don't have you don't have the time to sit and think about analyze what what the hell just happened when you had a really bad day because that golden opportunity might be showing up three minutes after that shit day just went down. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just don't know. Um, it's, yeah, it's, and that's just like baseball. Through that, you know, loop that first pitch curveball in there that really threw you off. And you're like, man, I wasn't expecting that OO. And, uh... You have to recover real fast. Yeah, that. really throws you off from, you know, you just saw him throw uh, three fastballs to the dude right ahead of you. I don't know. Things things change all the time. Now, now, like, just thinking about coming out of college, what would you say like, is the biggest lesson that you could provide to the listeners out there? Um, from that, like they might be struggling with their current job that they're just out of college or they're just struggling in general. Um, 
maybe they're not contributing to their team. What would you? <clears throat> what would be like your one piece of advice that you would give to someone that's doesn't feel that they're so finding to, their place? Yeah. So to a post grad. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, I'd say post grad. All right. So, you know, 22, 23, 24 years old type of person finds himself in a job because they got to get a job right out of school. That person. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there's probably a few things, maybe not one piece. Uh, number one. Number one's actually pretty tough to come up with because I got a few, but uh, number one would probably be to bet on yourself because if you don't, I don't really know who is and if they are, why they're really betting on you. Um, you... Everybody's got choices to make every day. Um, and, you know, whatever the circumstances are, good or bad, uh, if you're going to lose, you know, lose on your own terms. Die from your own sword. Don't, yeah. don't let someone else slay you. <clears throat> yeah, that type of thing. Um, I don't really have a poetic way of putting it, but that's how, that's how I would say it. Um, the other thing I would say is this is... Although it might seem challenging, it's a fun time. It's a fun time to figure out who you who you really are away from your... And when I talk about this, are you talking about any post-grad? Or are you talking specifically about uh, kids that went through sports in college and now are finding themselves in the workforce? Because I, th- I think there's something else there. I would, you can say to both. Because <clears throat> there's people that belong, like they found an identity... In college, whether it was through music, was it theater, was it their yeah right group of, right so like yeah so I would say if you if you had that group you know and for us it was baseball and it was a big team so you had four almost forty guys that you were around all the time um, I would say get a chance to if if you hadn't and you didn't you didn't take the time or really recognize the time in college, take the time to know yourself, get to get to really know who you are, how you tick away from your from your team or your immediate social group. Because you might not be the same person you were your senior year. Uh you might not be the same person that you were your junior year when you thought everything was clicking or, you know, this those four years were never gonna end. So I would say take the time to find out what your interests are and and apply them to, you know, again, back to the game. Mm-hmm. It's all, you know, just a game. It's all part of the game. Yeah. It, it's just basically just getting back on the saddle after you just struck out and three pitches looking. Yeah, you it's know? weird. It's such a weird... It's such a weird time and you're still in contact with people that you're used to being in contact with, but you're away and then they invite you back up, you know, to go out on a Friday night to Jersey's and 
<laughs> going back to Jersey, then he gets to the ninth hole, and then things just go downhill after that. Yeah, and, and you're like, wow, maybe, maybe I should go home. Do, do like do you like you miss it, but you want to keep the memories in the past. You don't want to live that life now. Yeah, and that's that. You know, that's a, that's also another weird thing that I'm sure we all went through. Because you still have that camaraderie that you want to hold on to with, you know, you graduate with one year, but when you play a full season, you're playing with guys that you've played for a year, two, or three years. Yeah. So you got, you have all those memories with those people, and when you're still tight with them after you leave, and, you know, they say, hey, come hang out for the night, you know, you're you're 22 years old, you just left there, you're not, you're not 26, 27, going back to school and going out to the bar with kids that aren't your age anymore. Um, you're going to go hang out. And for me, man, it felt weird. There were a couple, there were a couple nights where I was like, man, I don't belong here. This ain't the same. Not in a bad way. It's just, you know, things change. It's like not like you don't belong because you always belong to the Arcadia family. But like when those people that you see, like the freshmen that you see, aren't the freshman that you <laughs> yeah. graduated with and you're just like, hi, I'm Tom. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh man, I heard a lot about you and you're like, what did you hear? <laughs> I'll cut your throat. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, like, that's like, no, that's great. I, I think that we have a lot of insightful stuff in here and I just want to end the podcast actually by just, what is one question you would want to like hear an answer to from like the audience if they had if you had one like what is something that you would want to like just uh actually throw some thought out there and someone that makes someone think for a little bit because i would i would hope that someone would respond to this but if they don't they don't but at the same time we get to hear what you want to hear that's tough not i'm not an over overly philosophical guy um. Hmm. But one, there's one thing that I'm interested about, and I think it has to do with, it'll relate to kind of the focus of your podcast, is if you could time travel, would you and why? Wow. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, that's 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 definitely my question. Because you can do anything with that. You can't. You can <clears> just like, you can go change something. You can go back and actually relive it, or you go back and you just you're there and just want to just. Yeah, hindsight's always go, go see what someone else is doing. Yeah, <laughs> hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um. And and for me, I wouldn't change a thing. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't change a thing. I learned so much off the field as I did <clears> on the field, and you know it could have been a lot of. There's a lot of negatives in there, and on the, on the off the field stuff. But I'm not gonna get into that right now. But we could save that for another podcast. Well, I'll save that for another podcast. I, I'll probably have a lot more of these. But is there uh what like what uh, social media you're on? Do you want to? What's your favorite social media, and like where can they find you? Mm, favorite social media. Um, we were talking about this earlier, and I said that uh, I'm on 
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I couldn't tell you what my Twitter handle is right now. It's probably ridiculous. It's, it, it was it was something uh, like, uh, you know, you remember the picture from the Yankees, Chin, Chin Ming Wong? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was uh, Chin Ming Wagner <laughs> yes, a few was. years ago. Um, but I couldn't tell you what it is now. Um, but social media is kind of a funny thing for me. Uh, I, I don't know. Instagram. Let me check my... Let me check my name. I think it might be Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's definitely the place to... If you're going to follow me, if whoever wants to follow me, uh, it'd be Wagner underscore Tom. All right, so that's your favorite right there. Yeah, it's probably the best place if anybody wanted to follow me. I'm not really sure. <laughs> we'll see. If you, if you get some, if you reaching out. If you get some random... I am, I am at an interesting point in my life. Um, you know... Still trying to figure some stuff out as far as work goes. Uh, just built a house. Just got engaged. A lot of crazy stuff happening right now. Yeah, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, got a great girl. Really hit the jackpot. Before, before we go, we have to tell a story about how I hit the <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to end the podcast. This is... The way I think, I think you know what story it is too about if we bring in Nina on. It was, yeah, why don't you go ahead and tell it? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think I can tell as good as you about how well freshman year. Um, yeah, I can tell it. Yeah, because I kind of watched it from a uh, uh, an observer point of view, like a I guess you'd call it like a thirty thousand foot view. <clears throat> uh, so we were at this party, and. Uh, near school and I don't know what I was doing I was hanging out with somebody I was doing something probably stupid and um, hanging out and talking and Nina was there and um, I think she had a few of her soccer friends there and and whatnot and (laughs) everybody's kind of buzzing around bouncing around talking to different people doing different things and I see you sweep in and start talking to her. And I'm like, wow. He just got here. Good for him. This is, a, this is, this is impressive. And uh, so I kind of stepped back. I didn't, take the, uh, I didn't take the macho man approach. I'm like, this is going to be interesting because Nina's a tough chick and she's probably not going to put up with this. Nah. And <laughs> she, did, she did not. <laughs> and, and I'm watching this. Uh, you could call it a conversation. I would call it a train wreck. Go down. And, <laughs> and and she's being really nice to you, nodding her head. She probably pointed out a few of her teammates, probably told you what position she played in soccer and whatnot. And then uh, and I was like, all right, I got to go save her from this beast, this little <laughs> freshman beast. And uh, I come in and t- I remember I tapped you on the shoulder and I was like, Chris... This is uh, this is my girlfriend Nina, and you were a good sport about it, but it was just like you were a good sport after the initial shock wore off your face. You were like, "What do you mean this is your girlfriend?" This is like, <laughs> I was like, I was so set on like working my game plan, but okay, this is cool. And then I remember we had a scrimmage the next day, and you drilled me on the first pitch, and I was like. <laughs> 
was like, I, don't I, I don't know if this kid can't find the, the strike zone today or if that was personal from last night. I don't know, but whatever. It, it could have been, it it been the effects from the confidence juice that I was drinking from the night before. Yeah. I was like, that, but that's good stuff. That, that, <laughs> I, had to, I had to tell that story because I thought I like, had you have to tell that story because that was – I was telling Farney and Lloyd about that story and I was like – Tom can tell it's so much better. Than I, <laughs> I think I was standing with, uh, I think I was standing with Jack Nass, and we were watching it from maybe like fifteen feet away. And Jack was like thirty-five at the time. Uh, thirty-four. <laughs> okay. Th- thirty-four with just a few gray hairs, um, and and we were like looked at each other, and I was like, Jack, I'm sorry, I got to go stop this right now. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> and now she's my fiance, so I don't know what to say. That things things come full circle. And now you're sitting at my kitchen table. So. Yeah, right where she got proposed. To. <laughs> yeah. Everything's full circle. <laughs> Congratulations, Tom and Nina. <laughs> and this is the uh, the Outpitch Podcast, and I want to thank Tom for being here. I thought we had a great time, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for having me. No, no problem, Tom. Later. Hey guys, thank you for listening to today's podcast. I'd really, 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 really appreciate it if you guys liked or shared this podcast. It was very insightful, and I think that some people would definitely benefit from it. So, thank you very much in advance. Have a good day.